Okay, praise God. So uh, get your Bibles out. And if you would, go to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Got a word for you this morning. I'm going to preach you happy. We're going to be having communion at the end of service. We know here at Living Waters, we have an open communion service. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, welcome to have communion with us. I know there's people out on the broadcast watching. You know, you need to get your communion elements there if you want to take it with us, because I believe we're all one in spirit. So... uh, I'd like to have some real catchy phrase for you this morning, but I don't. I couldn't find anything that I could come up with that rhymed with 23. So I gave up. Finally, the Lord said, you want to just tell me, listen to what I want you to do? Quit trying to come up with your own jingle. And I said, yes, Lord, just tell me. So, so 2023 is a call to press in. That's what he told me. It's a year to press in. Press in. Everybody say press in. Now, um, I'm going to preach you happy today. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you everything. All right, but it doesn't really do any good if it falls on deaf ears or you don't do something with it, right? I mean, I can only tell you what the word says. You have to apply it and then do something with it. If you don't, well, then you know it just you just wasted two hours of being in here. Okay, could have been fishing, but. It's things like this. My life is so, you know, I, I, I've gone too far to ever go back. I can't go back. I can't quit serving Jesus. I can't just quit going to church or quit being a Christian. I can't, I can't do that. I, I, have, it, I don't do what I do because I get paid to do it. I do what I do because this is my life. This is, this, Jesus changed my life. He touched me, set me free, he made such an altering change in my life, and I love his word, and I love to read his word, and I love to see things in his word, and I love to preach to my wife. From the day I got saved, all I've been saying to her is, look, look at, look at this, listen, I'm still doing it now. I'm like, look, look, right here, look at this, because the word's just alive. And so I want to share this with you this morning. I want to tell you, I'm going to show you what to do, and I want to show you why we're going to do it. But here we go, Matthew 16, 1. It says, And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, they were testing him, asking him that they would show him a sign from heaven. And he answered and said, When it is evening, you say, it'll be fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you do not know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Okay. So I've been preaching for, for the last couple of years, ever, ever since we've been seeing a real downturn and everything in, our, in the world, about that, you know, you've got to see the signs of the times. You have to understand, church, the Bible in the Old Testament and even in the New, but in the Old Testament specifically, has predicted every biblical event that was going to come upon the face of the earth. Every time there was any change coming in, every time there was any any. Uh, you know, I mean, he, they, uh, God was predicting Noah. He was predicting Moses. He was predicting Jesus. He was, you know, there was always here. It's in here. This, this Bible contains so many unbelievable prophecies that have been fulfilled. I mean, it's 100% right, okay? And so the Bible talks about all these events, and I'm not wanting to get into end-time events. I'm just wanting to tell you that the Bible's already predicted what's going to happen. And I got to thinking the other day, I said, isn't it funny that, there are people on the earth right now that are listening to the voice of the devil. Okay, I'm just going to say it like it is. I ain't candy coat nothing this morning. They're listening to demonic voices coming and speaking to them, and they're doing things that they think they're doing because they think that's going to bring them pleasure, joy, or power, or whatever, right? And they think they're doing it, but they're not doing it. The devil's doing it. And the Bible's already predicted that the enemy was going to do that. He already said there was going to be tribulation. There was going to be wars and rumors of wars, okay? He already said all of these things has already been, already been there. Ezekiel 38 is the next prophecy that's about to be fulfilled, the coming of this time period that there's going to be a change. Okay, they predicted, the Bible predicted Jesus' birth. And when Jesus' birth came about, they, we entered into what's called the great dispensation of the age of grace, where a man could be saved by grace through faith and belief in Jesus, not works of the law, right? It was predicted, prophesied. 
and it came to pass. And we've been living in it. But there's a change coming. There's an age. The next change that comes, right, is the rapture of the church. All right? Then the next thing that will happen will be the second advent of Christ, Jesus coming back. The Bible tells us he's coming back. It's in sequence. I'm not saying predicting when. I'm not predicting a date. I'm just telling you these events are already prophesied throughout the living word, and they're going to come to pass. You follow me? I'm not telling you when. I'm not telling you it's next week. I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you these are the signs. And he said there were things we could watch for, things you could look at. I read a, an article that I thought was pretty amazing. And some of you may have seen this, that it said that if a person, what a person's life looked like if they were born in 1900, okay? And so then it showed them, you, you, if they were born in 1900, they saw World War I, they saw the Spanish flu, millions of people dying, they saw the, the Great Depression, they saw the, the Dust Bowl era, they saw World War II, they saw uh, uh, Vietnam, Korea, they saw all the wars coming about. They saw all these things happening in their lifetime, which if you looked at it, you're like, man, when did they even have a break? Y'all with me? But there was always something that wasn't, that was there that's not now. Then there was always a, a sense of godliness. There was always a sense of, uh, of right and wrong. Hello? There was a sense of morality. Now, there was still wickedness. There were still things that were done that were wrong. That, listen, folks, listen to me. As long as you're dealing with human beings, you're going, there's going to be some wrong things. You might as well get over that. All right? I, I, I heard a, I, I'm just going to use an example. I'm not going to call the country, but that, the person I was talking to about the country said, yeah, that person's not a good guy. That, that world leader's not a good guy. Those people aren't good people. And I thought, and later I drove off and I thought, huh, isn't that funny? If somebody was saying that about me judging from our government and my stance and looked at me and said, well, those Americans aren't very good people. Look at their leadership. And I'm like, hey, 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 wait, 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 don't count me in the crowd. So you can't just paint, paint with a broad brush because of letting world leaders say how hearts of people are. Are you with me? Because we love Jesus. And we're going to stand serving Jesus all the days of our life. No matter what goes on in government. Something separate, totally separate. All right? You can't explain to me, but we got to look at the signs of the time. And what we're seeing today is a decay in morality. We're seeing a decay where, where uh, man, folks, I mean, it's bad. All right? But this is the good news I got to tell you. It's all playing into events. It's all playing into the hand of God. God's not falling off the throne. Listen to me. Jesus is still sitting right there as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He still is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's still the one that all authority has been given to in heaven and earth. Amen? you got to understand something. Though these events are taking place and we see them, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. It's so easy to say, oh, my gosh, everything's going down. But you got to understand, biblical prophecy said lawlessness was going to abound. So what you should, what you got to do in 23 is start changing your way of thinking and turning around and saying, whoo, glory to God, I saw Bible prophecy fulfilled this morning. Lawlessness is abounding. Not, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? looks terrible. What are the, ah. No, you got to say, man, Jesus, I see you all over the place. I'm looking for the signs of the times. I'm looking for the next event to take place. It's the only way you're going to encourage yourself in 23, because I'm telling you, in a natural sense, it's going to get worse. You say, Pastor, how are you preaching us good news this morning? I'm preaching good news because I'm telling you how to get out of it. But I'm telling you, in a natural sense, it is not going to get better. There's too many people in power who are godless that are going to keep going down that road, and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better until that is totally taken back and changed. And I honestly do not believe it will be changed until Jesus puts his foot 
on the Mount of Olives and comes back. That's me, but that's thus saith Robert. Okay? It's not thus saith the Lord. If everything turned and changed around, glory to God, glory. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready either way because, see, I'm not going to serve. I love to be from Texas. I'll be honest with you. I love to be an American. But I want to tell you something. There, my, our government does not reflect my heart and my thoughts and my beliefs. Right? So things are changing. And it grieves me. But I'm looking for the signs of the time, so I'm excited about what's coming because I'm saying, hey, man, I see it all getting kind of lined up. Let me go to another scripture, Luke 19, 41. Luke 19, 41 says, Now when he drew near, he's talking about Jesus, he saw the city, Jerusalem, and he wept over it and said, If you had known, even you especially in this day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. You see, Jesus was weeping over Jerusalem. He said, Man, the Messiah's coming. The one y'all always look for, it's me. And I'm coming in there, and it would have made for peace for you. But you didn't, you didn't see the signs of the times. You didn't see what was going on. You weren't looking. And he wept. I don't want Jesus to weep over me. I don't want him to leap, weep over living waters. I want him to be rejoicing today in heaven. I want to make Jesus happy this morning. Because I'm preaching to you the truth. And y'all are hearing it and being fed and saying, yeah, that's right, Pastor. Come on. Preach it. I want him to be rejoicing and say, man, I'm glad somebody's believing in me. I'm glad there's some people who got up, maybe stayed up too late last night, but still fought through, got up this morning, went to church. Hello? See, if you get caught up in the things that are going on in the world and that's all you're going to look at and that's all you're going to see and that's all you're going to walk in, I want to tell you you're going to be depressed in 23. The answer is we have to press into the things of God. Go to Philippians 3.12. Philippians 3.12. Now, I got to tell y'all, sometimes, you know, I, I do not want to be, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Uh, I don't want to be irrelevant. I don't want to get to where, where I'm a preacher who's, who's not being able to connect and make sense. And sometimes, you know, you got to watch yourself because I, I don't know how y'all are, you know, like, like, uh, thank goodness, my wife and I, we don't have to get up and get kids dressed to go to school. I'm past that. Hello? I'm glad we have grandkids and we just send them home. And sometimes I forget the pain of you young people with your raising your children, and I, I forget about that, you know, because I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't have to mess with that, and I forget about what you're, where you're at and where you're walking through in life, Right? And like nobody ever told me that, uh, uh, you know, I was going to get older. I didn't get that in, in my home economics class that one day I was going to get older. And so I don't want to be out of touch. And, and, but what I'm preaching to you today is everything is, can, re, can relate to every person in every area of your life, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, because I'm telling you, I'm going to teach you how to press into the things of God. That's where this message is going. I'm not going to finish it today. But I'm going to show you how to press into the things of God. How you, how, when I, I'm not, because see, there was a time in my life when I first got saved, and I went to church, and it was the first time I've ever been around a Pentecostal church. And I remember this guy, this, this pastor, he was preaching, and he looked at me, and he just, you know, I guess I was just kind of, smiling in the audience, and he says, young man, you look like you've got a praise report. Stand up and give us a praise report. And I, I, I just looked at him, and I was, my heart just pounded. And so funny, I stood up, and I said, well, sir, if you tell me what a praise report is, I'll tell you if I got one. I was serious. I never heard the word praise report. Never heard that in my life. And the guy just looked at me like I was from outer space. He left. He said, well, something good God's done for you. I said, oh, I can tell you, how much time do I get? I just didn't know that was called a praise report. And see, so what I'm, so I'm saying, sometimes we get our jargon and we say, hey, give me a praise report. And you may be talking to somebody that's like, I don't know what it is. Right? So I'm going to teach you how, when I say press into things, God, I'm going to take it and I'm going to break it down. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. I'm not just going to say that and y'all are going to leave here and say, well, I don't know. Press it in. I don't know, Lord. Okay. Philippians 3.12. 
Not that I have already attained, this is Apostle Paul speaking, or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which, is, which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as to apprehended, but one thing, I do forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now that phrase, when he says press on, it literally means it's the same thing as you, a person running a race and you get your second win, you get that kick going to the goal. That's what it means. It's that you're running and then all of a sudden you get that last, yeah. I never had it. I didn't like to run track. I searched for that in my life, trying to find the kick at the end. But by the time I got around, I was already too tired to kick anything. I just want to quit. So, but that's what it's talking about. It's talking about gutting it up. Making that last push. And I believe we're making a last push because it's time for some events of God to take place on this earth. Hello? It's real easy for us to get so accustomed to God, so accustomed to church, so accustomed to reading your Bible, so accustomed, and what I call it is the sin of familiarity. You get so familiar with everything that after a while, you're literally taking God for granted. You're taking his presence for granted. You're taking the joy. Hey, how many of y'all know that if somebody comes from San Antonio out here that only lives in the city and they drive out here and they come out here to the hill country, they're just like, oh, man, this is the prettiest place I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know this. This is gorgeous out here. Oh, my gosh, you're so blessed you get to live out here, which we might take it for granted. Oh, cedar's about to start blowing and dry and put up with all this stuff and drive all the way to San Antonio to get something. Hello? Come on. You start to get familiar with it. Yeah, all of a sudden it's just a sin. It's it's literally a sin of being familiar, familiarity with it. Because we get so accustomed to it, we just take it all for granted. Well, folks, listen to me. It's time for Christians to not take God for granted. Folks, I'm telling you, God's still in the miracle working business. He's still alive and he's wanting to move in our lives. But we have to be people of faith sitting on the edges of our seats in the cheering section for God and what he's doing. Say, come on, Jesus. Jeremiah 23, 23 says this. He's not a God who's far away, but he's a God that's near at hand. God's not too far that he can't be reached. Listen to me. When I'm talking to you about pressing into the things of God, you're not having to strive to do some unbelievable thing if you're going to make it. It's about getting your heart and just turning it towards God. It's about just taking time to to stop and, and quit being so familiar with the things of God that you stop and begin to appreciate everyone. Appreciate that you got breath in your lungs. Appreciate that you can sit there on your porch and you can pray and you can talk to God and know that he hears your prayers. It's becoming grateful people. <clears throat> Not people bound in fear, but people in faith. Now, look at this, Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 9. I, I quote this a lot. But let's really look at it because Romans chapter 10, the apostle Paul just was quoting Jeremiah 23, 23. And he said, but the righteousness of faith speaks this way. How does faith sound? Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will ascend to the abyss, that is to say that to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. How near? How near is it? It's in your mouth and in your heart. So how close is God? He's in your mouth and he's in your heart. All he's needing you is to put some faith and some word to it to see God move. So how close is God? Oh, you don't got to go to heaven. You don't got to go to hell. All you got to do is get faith coming out of your mouth and out of your heart. And God's there. 
Think of that. Think of what I just said, these words. Let it sink into it. It's not a fairy tale. This is not a fairy tale, I'm telling you. This is more real than this rock pulpit right here. Problem is, we don't believe it. Problem is, Christians aren't using their faith. Christians aren't using the faith that's already instilled within their hearts to operate in the things of God. They're just sitting back and saying, well, you know. Yeah, that's what gets you. Yeah, buts. That disease of being a yabbit. When the people went across the, the, into the promised land, Moses sent them over and they came back and then they got back and he showed them all the fruit and all the vegetables, all the great things, all the big dill of raisins like this or grapes or whatever they were and had them all on there. And, and all the people said, yeah, but there's giants over there. Yeah, yabbit yeah, syndrome came in. Everybody's sitting there saying, yeah, look how good it is, but look how big those giants are. Folks, listen to me. It's time for Christians to start slaying giants. It's, tired, it's time for us to quit listening to, to the rhetoric of, of, of the, uh, the, the, the demonic forces and, the, and placing fear in us and stand up and say, no, 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 no. That's not the way it goes. No, 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 I'm sorry. This is what we're going to do. We're going to teach our children right way. We're going to teach our children about a man and a woman. Because the Bible says God created man and woman. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm like dumbfounded that I have to even utter those words to tell somebody, no, it's not this way. It's, it, it's a man and a woman. Hello? When I was lost and undone without Jesus in the world, I still knew what was right and what was wrong. Been around animals enough to know what was right and what was wrong. Heard the other day that I believe it was a Stanford dictionary was going to take out the word American because it was racist. <clears throat> take out the word American. You're going to be put in as U.S. citizens. So then I chuckled to myself and said, well, <laughs> I'm not even using that. U.S. citizens, I know, I mean, unless they're just going to do a big sweep of the arm and declare everybody U.S. citizen, but American, going to take it out because it was racist. I thought, you're, you're an idiot that if you think that, you know, I, I, I mean, good gosh. Anyway, let me get back before I get mad. <laughs> He said, where's the word? The word is near you. How close is God? He's near. He's in your mouth. He's in your heart. That is the word of faith which you preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the wrath to come. Saved from whatever trouble you're in. Saved from whatever tribulation you're walking through. Saved from whatever. You've got to understand something, church. In 2023, I can't tell you how it's all going to go. I lived through the 80s. I went broke in the 80s. I paid 20% interest on money. It broke me, but I paid it. So you can't tell me about economic recessions and all these kind of things. But you know what? Through it all, I went broke. But the greatest thing that ever happened to me in life is I got saved. I met Jesus. And I got saved. My whole life turned around. My whole family turned around. And so I counted all a victory. Hello? It didn't kill me, it blessed me. Because I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know how events would have happened if, uh, in my life if, if I wouldn't have walked through what I walked through. I don't know if I'd have served Jesus. But I'm glad that it all worked out. I'm glad I met Jesus, man. Woo, come on. I'm glad that Jesus touched my life, changed my life, set me free. So, folks, what I'm saying to you is, it's your faith and how you're going to approach everything this year. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and say, well, our government's all messed up and they're not voting right. And I don't know if we have this right. I don't know if we did that right. And uh, I don't know that we've got to change this and that law. And these people look like they're screaming over here. And you're going you're to think that the government's going to save you? Government didn't save me. Jesus saved me. Like I said, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be from Texas. But I want to tell you something. That ain't what saved me. My, my citizenship's in heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. 
And Jesus is my Lord and King. And He says what goes in my life, not what the government here says. Can they make it hard on me? Yeah. But, you know, I was praying for, the, I was praying for a word. I hate to tell you all this, but i got to tell you. Uh, uh, I was praying for a word. I said, Lord, give me a word. I want a word. You know, I just want a big juicy one. Yeah, Robert, I'm coming. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, this is what I was wanting. I was wanting God to just, you know, like fire coming down from heaven, shooting out my fingers, you know. I'm like y'all. I was looking for it. And so I said, Lord, I need a word. What's a word? What's the word for 23? What's the word for 23? And, and he said, I'm, I want you to remind the people. And then he told me, I was like, Lord, I don't want to tell them that. That ain't no fun. He said, I, I, I want you to tell them that I do not deliver them from tribulation, but I save them through tribulation. And I'm like, oh, Lord, that ain't no good. I don't want to hear. Nobody wants to talk about having going through problems and hard times. Nobody wants to hear that. We want, we want roses and cupcakes and pink unicorns, man. We don't want, we don't want tribulation, right? But the tribulation that's coming is because it's coming upon the face of the earth because this is the times that we're getting into. And as lawlessness abounds, you're going to see things that are going to cause you problems. But if you stand there and focus on the problem and say, oh, God, deliver me. I don't have to walk through that. You're missing it. It's that God empower me to walk right through it and bless as many people as I can. So the next time you hear somebody telling a tell of woes, look at them and say, hey, well, I'm sorry. But listen, maybe you need to change citizenship. Why don't you go become a citizen of heaven so that, so that then Jesus can be the Lord of your life and then he can work in your life and everything you pray works. Matter of fact, I heard testimony in church. Got, a, got healings and miracles taking place. Are you with me? People have got to wake up, folks. People have got to wake up. We've been, we've been in the sin of familiarity too long. We've been playing in this little candy land place of just going to church and going back and living the week and uh, in our lives just like, you know, it's like it's just another day. Like, you know, and then going back to church on Sunday, putting a smile on our face. Eh, but then not living and walking in the principles of God. We, we've got to change. I have, a ch- I have challenged myself this year. I always challenge myself every year. Matter of fact, my back hurts right now as I'm talking to you because I challenged myself too much last week because I was going to get a jump on the week, and I hurt my back. But anyway, uh, so that's kind of stupid. But I'm talking about challenging myself spiritually. I want my head on straight this year. I told the Lord, listen, I want my head on straight this year. I'm I'm not going to look at the things that are saying. I'm going to walk in what you call me to walk in. I'm going to walk in in what you said. I ain't going to listen to nothing else. I ain't going to listen to nobody else. I'm going to walk in in what you did for me and created for me, and that's where my mind's going to be. There ain't nothing else. I ain't going to listen to it. There was a time I did that. And people used to come up to me and say, man, how, how are you so arrogant that you would walk like this? And it hurt me. And I thought, well, I'm not arrogant. I'm confident in my God that he's going to take care of everything because I prayed this morning and I know he heard my prayer. And then, therefore, he must going to be answered because he said he was going to answer it. So I'm not being arrogant. I'm just being confident in God and what God said he's going to do. I don't understand what y'all are thinking. I was so naive because I didn't have any religion in me. And I was so naive, I just believed the word, what the word said. If I prayed, he heard my prayer, and then he was going to answer. And so right now, I, didn't, I may not have seen the miracle, but there was workings being done in heaven to bring it about in my life. So what was I need to be worried about? And then everybody told me, that's not right. You're just being arrogant. You know, you're weird. And so I thought, really? Oh, okay. I'll worry like y'all do. I'll chew my fingernails and I'll worry like y'all do. And then that'll way I guess that's more righteous, more holy. And I'll just tremble in the corner. Well, I ain't trembling no more. I ain't worried no more. See the time to get on the boat and let's sail for heaven or get off. Folks, we got to get strong. We got to get confident in 23. We got to keep messing around. You got you to start getting, pressing into the things of God where you hear What's going on around you? And you say, shut that up. That's just the devil. Somebody said, well, aren't you a weirdo? I am. I am not of this world. I am an alien. You want to know what an alien looks like? He looks like me. Full of faith and full of a Holy Ghost doing what God said. Believing what this little black book says is true. 
Some intellectual comes up and says, well, you are so naive. And I say, look, shut it up. You're an idiot. I ain't going to listen to you. I ain't going to argue with you. I ain't going to waste my time listening to you. You're headed for hell. If you want to get right, believe what the black book says. Or the red one or the blue one or whatever color or cover you got. But see, I got the old devil chasing official black Bible. It says in the side here, holy Bible. Do y'all know that when I got a Bible, this is the truth, when I first read the Bible and I began to read it, and I read for probably a month or so in the Bible every day, devouring it up, started in, in, in Matthew's gospel, started reading, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me, I said, you know, this is crazy, this book is about Jews. I didn't know. That's how far of a lack of religion I had in me. And I read it, and I was like, this is about Jews. I didn't know that. It's pretty sad. But the glory was I didn't have anything to unlearn. I didn't have nothing to unlearn because I didn't learn anything. Glory to God. Sat in church all my life but didn't learn anything. Okay, let me come on. Let me go on. I'm just getting, man, I'm just going to run out of time. It's going to be time to take communion here, and I ain't even got past the introduction. Go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Here's a person. Here's a woman. You know the story. I don't even, I'm not even going to read it, but Matthew, it's in Matthew 9, 20, through 20 and 21, where the woman goes that wants to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, right? And she's sick, and it says that she spent all of her money on, on doctors and, 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 and done everything she could to get healed. And I'm not slamming doctors there. I'm just saying that's what she did, and she hadn't been healed. And then she, she's got this issue, and this issue makes her ceremonially unclean. And she therefore should not touch people or be around people because she make other people unclean. And she just gave up on that. If they found her, they could stone her if she had done this. And she just presses through the crowd. She goes through. She fights through because she wants to touch the hem of Jesus's garment. Now, of all the crazy things, I read that story and read that story. And I just think, why would you? I mean, come on. Grab his arm or his hand or Grab his hair, right? I mean, get something with some substance to it. The hem of his garment. But if you go and you study under Jewish law, in the, in the little tassel of his garment, there was one blue thread, and the one blue thread represented the word of God, which was the promise of God to Israel. And that woman came through. She went through that crowd of people, just working through the crowd of people. Anybody could have looked at her and said, oh, my gosh, that's old Matilda. She's unclean. And she stoned her right there. And she just fought through. If your name's Matilda, forgive me. And he just fought through. Fought through that crowd. Fought through that crowd. Fought through that crowd. Got up and then she touched the hem of that garment. She did a whoo Man, virtue come flying out of Jesus. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Crowd of people. People all around Jesus. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. A crowd of people all around Jesus touching Jesus. You cannot walk through a crowd and not bump shoulders or something, Right? And then he turns around and said, who touched me? <clears throat> All the disciples just looked at him and said, what do you mean, Lord, who touched you? You're in a crowd of people. What do you mean, who touched you? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's bumping you around here. Everybody's pressing into you. But woman, woman, pressed in in a different fashion. She was after the word of God, the promise of God, the covenant that she had with Almighty God to heal her. And when she grabbed it, the connection was made from faith within her heart to connecting to the source of the power of God. Right? Jesus turns to her and says, woman, according to your faith, be it unto you. She's healed. It was her faith. Folks, listen to me as Christians. We've got to press into God with faith, that's point one. You've got to press into God with faith. Are you believing that Jesus is who Jesus said he is? Is he become a fairy tale to you? You've become so familiar with him that you don't think he can do anything? You, have you gotten so much doubt and unbelief that the devil has fed you? That's what's happened. You might as well admit it. You listen to the voice of the devil. He stole your faith because so-and-so didn't get healed or so-and-so didn't get what they want or so-and-so well, there was living for God and it didn't happen. Listen to me, you better quit looking at so-and-so's faith and you better get to faith within your own heart moving in 23 or you're going to be in bad shape. 
Look at the person beside you and say, man, preacher, he's preaching good today. Kind of stepping on my toes a little bit, but he's preaching good. See, you wish you'd have brought steel-toed boots this morning. Do you hear what I'm saying, folks? Listen to me. Quit letting this world or these... The, 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 the demonic rhetoric coming out or some crazy preacher or something that happened to you in the past. Paul said, I forget the things that are in the past to me. Look, maybe you have failed. Forget it. Pick yourself up. Buy your boots. Dust your britches legs off and start moving towards God and get on and figure out what you need to adjust in your life to make it work. Hello? I never forget when I was 16, we were baling hay, and I'd been baling hay for weeks, and I was tired, and I didn't want to do it anymore, but I had to, and, and I was going home, and I was driving my dad's truck, and my dad always kind of put it around his truck, and in those days, we had those old 454 Chevys, you know, four-speed, we'd all souped up the carburetors, had them some nice holly carburetors on them and everything, and I got in my dad's truck, and I... Took out down the road, that thing began to sputter. And I'd give her the gas, just wouldn't run right. And I just kept on and kept on and kept on. Man, a minute I got her all wound up, and I just let her go to the floor, and I was just blowing out the carpet. I mean, she needed to do those things. Passing ODPS. Boy, he swung around, he come up. And I, I've always to this day just been so amazed. When I explained to the police officer that I was helping my father, that he needed, his truck wasn't running right, and he needed to blow the carburetors out, and I was helping him here, and I was a, totally just wasn't thinking all about speeding. I was just trying to make the truck run and all. And Yeah, it was my first ticket. <laughs> But sometimes we've got to quit telling ourselves that lie. Hello? We've got to quit feeding ourselves that line and just realize that Jesus is who Jesus said he is right here. And if he said he'd do it, then he'll do it. And if it isn't working and flowing, then it's only because we're not in the right frame of mind of faith. Hello? Woman got healed. Now let's look at the opposite. And you can go to it. I'm just going to tell you the story for time's sake. Uh, you can go to Mark uh, 6.5. You can go to Matthew 13. You find the same gospel where Jesus goes back to his hometown. And he goes back into Nazareth to preach. And he's in there and he's getting ready to preach. And, and he is preaching. And he's preaching good. But then that the says that he could do no mighty works there because no one would believe him. You know why? Because people were standing around saying, isn't this old carpenter's son? Isn't this Joseph? And I don't remember right. You know, like, I love this. <clears throat> I, 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 I love to go to, to my mother and father-in-law's house, and, and I, it's almost like I like to do it. I say, now, who was old so-and-so married to? And then here they go. Well, he's married. And then she corrects Bill and says, no, 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 wait, that's not right. He wasn't then, and no, it was. And then we get into this big discussion about how who was married to who and how that relationship worked. And then, then they both get up, and after they've gone through the whole conversation, they kind of find out that neither one of them are right. Somebody else knew what the answer was. I love it, man. And I love to see these things going on. I love this conversation, all right? But this is what they were doing to Jesus. They were saying, now, wasn't there something? I don't remember. There was something about him and Mary, and she went down to the river and come back, and then they said she was <laughs> pregnant, but, you know, wasn't Joseph, and we don't know who it was. We don't really know what's going on down there by the river, you know. And they said it was holy, but I don't know. I don't understand that at all. And this kind of talk was going on. Hello? And so, therefore, God couldn't move. Did you hear what I just said? God couldn't move. He said that he healed nobody there because of their unbelief. So the only thing stopping the power of God was the people's faith. You want to have a supernatural church in 23? You want this to be a place that truly is a waterhole for the world? You want this to be a place that gets so full of people that they're standing outside, they're having to open up the doors and, and, and just whatever to get people out there, huh? You want to do that? Well, then come to church in faith. 
Not just come to church because you're coming to church, but come to church in faith saying, man, the anointing of God is there. It's going to touch people today. Jesus, you're here. We're going to worship you. And man, that God, glory of God's going to fall. People are going to hear the word of God. It's going to go out with a broken. Get your faith stirred and going. And then I'm going to tell you something. You're going to draw out of, uh, out of me, out of the office gift that I, that's on me, out. And you're going to start to see miracles and things start taking place. Because then it's going to start to operate in you. And you're going to start to see signs and wonders and miracles like you want to see. But it's only going to come about if we're in faith. If we're coming to church, it's like it's another Sunday. If we're coming to church, like it's just like, you know, like you're sitting there and you're saying, well, I mean, I can't believe they got the, still got the poinsettias up. I mean, they should have got them things down. You're not in faith. You're thinking about the poinsettias. Hello? It didn't seem, didn't seem like to me they sang the right songs today. Preacher, he's so long-winded. Dear God, you need a snack. <laughs> Wonder what we're going to do. It looks like just looking out them windows saying, man, it sure is pretty today. We should hurry up, get through. I'd like to get out there. Do you realize that everything that you do when you wake up on a Sunday morning, from the time you wake up on a Sunday morning to the time you get here, there's something demonic going on trying to stop you from coming to church or enjoy the service or get your head on straight or whatever. Do you realize that? And then as you leave these buildings, you're in warfare again for the enemy to steal from you that what you learned today. It's taking place all the time, church. We got to get into it. We got to get our boots on the ground and realize what's going on in this war and how we're going to win this war and what's going to take place. We got to wonder, understand the things of God and the things going on because I'm telling you, God wants to move in your life, but we've got to be aware of the signs of the times and we got to get our faith going. And we don't want to be like the people at Nazareth who are not in faith. Because God can't move. We want to be a church full of like the woman trying to touch the hem of the garment so we can see God move. Okay, I'm going to give you three things and I'm going to just go back because this is now just what I'm preaching. Okay, you got to have a focus on what you're going to live for. You have to have a goal. You have to have a focus for what you're going to live up for. Okay? And the focus is simply this. The first thing is, is that you have a place to cast your cares, which is at the feet of Jesus. The second thing is you have to have a place that you know your prayers are answered. Right? I mean, it don't do no good to put your baggage down if you just... To know where you left it, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't want to leave it, but I, I need an answer, right? And then you have to learn to walk in what I'm going to call a careless life, where you're carefree, you're not worried, you're not letting the, 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 the things have a focus on them. You don't know what you, uh, the, the world is so crazy and everything going on, you don't know what's going on. You can't, there's no, listen, there's no way you're going to get ahead of it. Now, I'm going to say this because it's something that you hear all the time on the radio and everything, but don't get offended with me uh, because it may be right for some of you, but whatever. But it's like the solution to everything going on is to buy gold. You hear, see what I'm saying on the radio? You hear it all the time. Or television is always buy gold, buy gold, take your money, go. Dollar value is going down, increasing every day. You buy gold, buy gold. Listen, you can go buy all the gold you want to, but it's not going to solve the problems of the world. Hello? It's just not going to do it. You're not going to a bank. You're not going to go buy a bank full of gold, have it sitting in there, and then go. Okay, now I'm secure of everything. Everything's going to be okay. Are you serious? The only bank of gold I want is my relationship with God, and to understand how the Holy Spirit is working in my life here on earth. We're going into a. I have a whole bunch of stuff here. We're going to go to, I got to teach you about the workings of the Holy Spirit because if you don't understand the Holy Spirit, well, then you're missing how Jesus is trying to work in your life. You got to understand it. 
Because he said, I'm, it's to your advantage, I'm going away. Because then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down here to you. If you don't understand your helper, the comforter, the, the paracletos that's here to help you, then I want to tell you something. You're going to be lost in 23. All right? Okay. So what I want you to do is put your Bibles up because we're going to have communion. And I'm just, I could just go on for days. Days and days. But I think I got across to you this morning what I'm talking about. Amen? Did you get it? How you're going to start to press in? Press into the things of God. It's, it's about faith in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth. Amen? But you got to understand something. First, I just want to tell you this. For those of you out watching the broadcast today, listen, if, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you just happen to tune in today or just caught this message and, and you just got, got caught by the anointing and you're listening to it, listen to me. You need to use your mouth and your heart to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. There's a debt that you owe this world. You owe God because of the sins on our life. And there's a debt that can only be paid by the blood of Jesus. He paid the price on the cross for you, but you have to get his blood and his forgiveness in your life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not sitting there. If you're in here today and you're not sitting there knowing inside of you that if you die today, you're going to go to heaven. Listen to me. I can tell you 100%. Right now, I drop dead. I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm a preacher. Not because I read my Bible. Not because I pray. But because I know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's proved it through fulfilling the, the, the prophecies of the Old Testament. He filled it through this, his sacrifice on the cross. To the time, folks, to the moment, to the second, he fulfilled it all. And he is the Son of God. And I believe in him that he's the only one, only one, whose blood could be poured out in heaven over the mercy seat and bring grace and mercy to us. And because of my faith in Jesus, that's what brings salvation to our lives. So you need to make a confession with your mouth. You need to believe in God and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Now, it can be simple. My prayer, my, my salvation prayer went like this. I said, Lord, if you're really real, then I want to live for you. That was my salvation prayer. Man, <clears throat> because it's not in words. Listen to me. It's not in church. It's not in coming to the altar. It's not, no, it's in your heart and in your mouth is what makes a difference. And it could just be simply, Lord, you're it. I believe in you. It's your heart and your faith. Amen. So if you're in here, we're going to have prayer people up here in a minute. And if you're not sure that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, well, then you can pray with these people up here. Just walk up and say, pray with me. And just right there, boom, shot a bing. Spirit of God will hit you right there. And you will be saved, headed for heaven. All the promises of God are yours. All the blessings of God are yours. You become blessed. You become a citizen of heaven. All of a sudden, you can stand up with everybody else in the world who's a Christian and say, man, Jesus is my Lord, and I know where I'm headed. It's a great thing. Amen? If you're out there listening, right wherever you are, call out upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. It's faith in your heart. Amen? So what I want you to do is just put your Bibles up, and can I have my prayer team people and, and, and those that are helping me this morning come down, please? Now, church, you, all of y'all out there are, are in, 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 in different, <coughs> different uh, could be in a different place in life. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just the preacher. Thank God for the anointing of God. But I'm just the preacher. And so I believe, though, here at this altar and starting out this year right here with communion, that what I want to do for you is I, I, I'm going to have some of the team serve you today rather than me serving you. I just want to come by and I'm just going to touch you. I just want to, I just want to put my hand on your head and just as a sign of agreement that I'm in agreement with you for 23 for whatever you're going through. Now, you know, uh, in, in the book of Acts, it talks about Peter that the people gathered and as he just passed by, he just passed by and when his shadow fell on, people were healed, right? 
I, I've never seen that happen with me. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. But I've never seen that gift ever just flow through me. But I do know this. But the Bible says that if we agree upon touching anything, it'll be done. I'm asking you this morning, if it's okay with you, that I just walk by and I just want to just touch your head. I just want to touch your head and I just want you to know that that touch that I put on you, it's my agreement with you. Whatever's going on in life for 23 of this whole year. Is that okay with y'all? I don't want y'all to think I'm goofy and crazy and hit, crazy head toucher. I'm believing for miracles. Amen. So as they serve you, I'm just going to walk around. I'm just going to pray for you and just touch you and, and, and believe God to do a miracle in your life. If you don't want me to do that, well, then I guess duck. <laughs> Give me the head fake. And I won't. I'll respect that. Amen. I won't chase you down, trip you, and pray for you. God's a God of miracles, folks. I'm telling you, we need to go through 23 and rejoice. Amen. Amen. So let me bless the elements here. The scripture says on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took bread. And then he blessed it and he thanked it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, now take and eat. For this is my body which is broken for you. And do this in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we thank you for this bread. We thank you for what it represents, your broken body on the cross for us. Lord, we bless it. We thank you that you bless it. And, Lord, huh, what an amazing thing you're going to do for us this year. And, Lord, we give you all the praise for it. So now take and eat. Then afterwards, he took the cup, and he said, This cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Drink in remembrance of me. So, folks, here is your, here's your forgetting the past so you can press on to the new year. Here's the, the forgiveness of your sins so you walk out of here today white as snow. And Lord, we thank you for it. Jesus' name, so take and drink.